will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Welcome to Leverage Addicts, the podcast for investors looking to maximize returns through leverage. Join host, seasoned mortgage professional and real estate enthusiast, Blandon Lerm, as we explore property investing strategies and learn how to navigate the market to build new wealth. Welcome to another episode of Leverage Addict Podcast, where we unravel the secrets to building wealth through property investing. I'm your host, Blandon, and today we are going to deep dive into the mortgage lifecycle concept and the four pillars that make this concept work. Now, if you want to learn more about this concept, you can go on our YouTube channel or our website, mhq.co.nz, where you will learn that there are four stages in the mortgage lifecycle and how each stage works. You can also do the quiz to find out exactly where you are so that you know what you need to do to get through the next stage quickly. After talking to thousands of people who are in different sort of positions in their life financially, I saw a pattern. And this pattern came from looking at people who are very far in their journey, who have become financially free, where they could have enough secondary income to sustain their lifestyle to the person who just first start buying their home and getting their first mortgage. Now, there are four stages in there. And interestingly enough, these are like the milestones because Sometimes you will never get out of certain stages. And if you don't get out of those stages, you will basically work until retirement. And this is not something I'm making up because I look at my own parents. They were in similar situation where they were near retirement age and they didn't have much of an investment nest egg. And the reason is not because they were bad with their money, is that there were some certain concepts that they never got past or understood so that they could further their investments. And I learned that that is the average Kiwi household, right? Because my family, they were frugal, they were decent with money, but they weren't exactly investors. And that was something that's crucial for you to sort of go past and get to the stage where you become financially free. And how we define financially free is if you can stop working and still enjoy the same lifestyle. Now, to support this concept, there are four things that you need to think about that you need to do and these are the pillars. The first one being envision, the second being leverage, the third one being security, the fourth one being diversification. If you want to supercharge your property portfolio decisions, then these concepts are very important. I'm going to share with you the why, the how, and the what for each of these pillars. The first one being envision. This is seeing your financial future. Why is this crucial? Well, for many property investors that jump into the game without a clear vision because they simply want to go, oh, yeah, I just want to buy a property investment. Oh, the bank approved me for an amount, so I'm going to use it. Now, don't get me wrong. Taking that step is actually still better than not doing anything at all. But if we don't map it out and plan it out, we're unlikely going to achieve the goals that we want. I would say a very, very small portion of clients that we talk to that are investing actually have a plan in place in terms of what they're trying to achieve with the properties. But that is okay because you can always make adjustment and go, you know what, I'm going to take the time and have a look at exactly what I want to achieve. And then you can make the adjustments today so that you're more likely to hit those goals. Now, I always talk about this in the channel. When you set a goal with properties, it should be something that's measurable based on either income or equity, because those two things 
are what you're going to be able to retire on. Or another way to think about it is having those secondary financial options. Then you want to attach it to a timeline because a timeline will change the effort that is required today, right? A lot of people set five-year goals because they think, you know, they can become financially free in five years. I would say that it is possible for some people, you know, if they're building a business, if their risk appetite is high, or they're going to put in a lot of effort, they can definitely achieve it. But most people, you know, you really should think about a 10, 15, 20 year horizon because that's going to minimize the risk that you have to take and that's going to allow you to build your wealth a lot more comfortably. So the first pillar is to understand exactly what you're trying to achieve, the why, so that you can map out the how and you have a measurable goal that is in numbers so that you can slowly project what you're going to do today. Is it going to achieve what you want? The second one is to leverage, right? The leverage word doesn't just simply mean borrow money from the bank. It also means leverage your time, leverage the relationship that you might have. This will help you multiply your efforts. Now, why is this important? Well, if you just work and try to save, it's unlikely that you'll achieve the financial goals that you want. You won't get to a place where you can just have the money, you know, replace your income, right? It's going to be pretty tough to get there. So that's why leverage is so important because leverage allows you to put a smaller amount down so that you can borrow the rest and then you can get the returns on the whole amount. This will amplify the returns that you're getting. Now, of course, if you do that, that's going to come with risk. So that's why it's so important to understand how it works and understand how to do it safely where you don't have to worry about how much you're making and you're making all of that money to pay for the mortgage. That's not the point. You can safely leverage into investments where it will pay for itself or it could day one start paying you if you buy the right property. Now, that's only one aspect, which is leveraging the money. You also want to leverage partnerships, right? As you grow as an investor, you want to look for opportunities where you could leverage what you are good at. Perhaps it is finding the properties or perhaps you have the servicing capacity or perhaps you have a lot more capital. How could you create a team where you can utilize your own resource and then utilize others' resource so that come together, you can create a win-win scenario. You also want to leverage other people's knowledge. It's very rare that successful people did it all by themselves. They would have learned from somebody that has done it for a long time and they have a track record of success and they're able to build momentum on the back of the experience and the knowledge of these mentors and coaches that sort of drive them to their own success. The third one is security, how you protect your wealth and secure what you already have. You can say the property market is predictable. You can also say it's unpredictable. Just like in 2021 transitioning into 2022, no one would have thought that property prices could drop 20 to 30 so how could you safeguard your investments so that you don't get into a position where you are forced to sell because the market is down and you don't have the cash flow to pay for it? One thing we do talk about on the channel and with our clients is that it's not about how much you earn, but how much you keep. The first thing that we need to have as a strong foundation for investing is to understand what's incoming and what's outgoing. Without that, we are always in a position on uncomfort, right? We don't know what's actually going out of our bank account. And sometimes we don't want to face these problems. We put our head in the sand. And that's not good fundamentals when it comes to managing your finances. Not only should you know the income and expenses, you should also look at how you can protect your income. How can you protect your assets so that you can minimize your downside? 
side. That's looking at adequate insurance on your properties, on your income, on your health. Because if there is a machine that's printing out $2,000 a week, I'm very sure that you'll be more than happy to put 10, 20% of that income to ensure that machine always works. And the truth is that machine is you. So that's why you want to have some sort of security in place that's going to allow you to keep going, right? Even if something went not the way you planned, but you have that secondary income coming in. The fourth is diversification. Simply put, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Now, I know we are always pro properties, but that's not the only way you should invest because solely investing in properties might limit your gains and potentially expose you to unnecessary risks. I say the best diversification is in yourself right? Just because you got a couple of properties, it doesn't mean you should stop learning. I've come to learn to prioritize putting money on myself, right? To learn new skills, to learn new things so that I can implement and skill stack. Because there is this concept where, you know, if you already got five skills, say for example, you already know how to do financing, you already know how to find properties, you know how to uh, renovate, you know potentially how to get social housing, you know how to get JV partners. What's the next skill that's going to be required. Maybe capital raising, maybe syndication, maybe commercial investing, because those are the things that I'm exploring to add into my investing skill sets so that I can scale up, right? Because if I skill stack, that's going to allow me to do even more than what I already know. Diversification in yourself, diversification in other investment avenues, right? We can talk about how you can buy into small businesses, right? These are small sprints that you can do. You know, you can buy into other business ventures of your mates. You could potentially look into the share market. The real basic one is just index funds and how that works. Potentially your KiwiSaver. Those are the things that you could have as alternatives to your property investing. And by doing this, you can split your risk. So putting it all together, what do you need for your mortgage lifecycle? The first one is Envision. This is spending the time to understand the why and mapping out exactly what you're trying to achieve. Not only the things that you want, but also something that's measurable, something that's based on your equity and income, and also a timeline so that you know what the steps look like to actually achieve your goal. Secondly, leverage wisely, understanding how leverage work and really embracing it because that is going to help you accelerate towards your financial goal. Thirdly, secure your investment. This is setting the right foundation in terms of your income and expenses and then also having adequate insurance in place. The fourth is to diversify your strategy. Look outside of properties, right? Maybe don't just put money there. First, invest in yourself. Learn about those different things. Add other skill sets that's going to complement what you already know. That's going to give you more scalability long term. Do consider things like index funds and KiwiSavers. So hopefully you have found value in this episode. And if you did, please share it with one person who will benefit from it as well. And the property investing journey, you don't have to go alone because at Mortgage HQ, this is exactly what we help with. You can talk to us to look at your strategy, look at your structure, look at financing options, and do all of the pillars that we talked about today. And you have an expert in those areas to help you do those things. And all you need to do is simply reach out support at mhq.co.nz. Someone will be in touch and match you up with an advisor for a review. Until next time, I'll see you guys again.